Well, good afternoon, and thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I'm pleased to be here with Health Minister Adriana LaGrange and Dr. Paul Parks, who, of course, is president of the Alberta Medical Association, to highlight how we're continuing to improve Alberta's health care system. It's been our highest priority since the beginning of our mandate. This is necessary because the system hasn't been working the way it should for Albertans. There are a lot of outstanding doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other frontline caregivers who go to heroic lengths every single day for their patients. But healthcare is weighed down by too much bureaucracy and not enough capacity. And this leads to delays at every turn from accessing routine care to getting life-saving treatment. Albertans deserve better, and so do the frontline professionals looking after them. We launched our healthcare action plan immediately after four government. And last month, we started refocusing the system to bring it back to its mission of delivering care that Albertans want when and where they need it. We're creating an integrated provincial health care delivery system that concentrates on four priority areas, primary care, acute care, continuing care, and mental health and addiction. However, changes will take time to come into effect, and we understand that Albertans and staff need solutions now, starting at the primary care level. I know that many family physicians are struggling with high patient loads and administrative costs. They're getting burned out. They're finding it expensive to run their offices, and it's hard to recruit more graduates into this field as many medical students choose other specialties. The result is that more Albertans lack access to care close to home, forcing them to rely on ERs and hospitals and straining results. Resources, and this is not the way things should be. Family physicians are the bedrock of the primary care system. They and their teams are the first and best resort for anyone dealing with chronic conditions or needing an initial diagnosis. Uh, doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other medical professionals want to spend more time with the people that, that, that they are treating and less time on paperwork. But the existing system puts so many burdens on them. So we're going to change this situation for the better as quickly and as sufficiently as we can. We are in discussions with the Alberta Medical Association on a new family physician payment model to support comprehensive care and ensure that doctors are seeing more patients. And we need to have, and we expect to have the outlines of that within a few months. Still, family physicians need help now. And that's why Alberta's government will provide $200 million of stabilization funding through the Canada-Alberta Health Funding Agreement to bridge this gap until a new model is in place. These programs and initiatives will roll out in the new year, and they will be informed by recommendations from the task force that is looking at comprehensive care in our province. Details will be announced as soon as they're finalized. But I want family physicians to know that relief is on the way, and soon. We value you and everything that you do to care for Albertans. The system can't function without you. And thank you so much to the AMA and Dr. Paul Parks for being so constructive and open-minded as we solve these challenges together. You are fantastic partners, and I'm glad to count on you as we fix the long-standing issues with healthcare. Together, we'll ensure that all Albertans can find the family practitioner and the care that they need, and we'll lower wait times across the system so everyone gets the care they need. Minister Adriana LaGrange has more details on our approach and on the funding announcement today, so I will ask her to take it over, and then we'll move to questions. Thank you. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thank you, Premier, and good afternoon, everyone. I'm happy for this opportunity to address an issue that is critical to the entire healthcare system. Alberta's government has been very clear. We know that there are urgent challenges facing the primary health care system, and we are 100% committed to stabilizing, strengthening, and improving the system so every Albertan has access to a primary care provider and can get the health care they need when and where they need it. 
We need to retrain the family, or, sorry, we need to retain the family physicians we have now and make sure that Alberta is attractive to family physicians into the future. Albertans need comprehensive health care where they have a regular provider who looks after all of their health care needs. And as I said in October, when we announced actions to strengthen primary health care, anything that can be put in place right away will be put in place right away. So this is an additional step that we are announcing. We will be providing stabilization funding for family physicians. It will be a bridge to support them into a new family physician payment model, which uh, when it is up and running. Uh, we continue to work closely with the AMA on details surrounding the stabilization funding, and I'm confident we will be able to finalize this early in the new year. And again, I also want to echo my thanks to Dr. Parks and his team for, uh, for their collaborative uh, work in this area. Just a few hours ago, I signed a bilateral agreement with the federal government on shared health care priorities. Included in that agreement is just over $200 million dedicated to stabilization efforts, which is certainly excellent news and will help us in this work. This is just one aspect of the work that is underway. Also in the new year, the task force consisting of my ministry and the AMA that have been meeting since November will provide me with some additional short-term stabilization actions until a new comprehensive primary care model for family physicians is developed and implemented. Those short-term stabilizations will address key issues or pressures in the system, such as doctor retention, administrative burden, and inflationary costs. They will be able to be implemented quickly and efficiently, and they will be transitional until a new payment model is ready. Ultimately, we want to better support family physicians and their teams to have a viable practice that improves their quality of life and which also meets all of the care needs of their patients. I will be assessing all the ideas that come forward from this important task force. This is all new work that goes above and beyond what we have already announced. Actions like putting $57 million over three years towards primary health care providers to help manage costs related to their increasing number of patients. Additionally, providing $40 million over two years as a top-up for primary care networks. And investing $12 million for a registry that enables doctors to share patient information from their electronic medical records to Alberta NetCare. Beyond more funding, we are refocusing the healthcare system to make primary healthcare the foundation of the entire system. This includes setting up a primary care organization by the fall of 2024 that will coordinate primary healthcare services with the goal of having every Albertan attached to a primary care provider. This is what the ex experts have told us is needed. Establishing a primary care governance structure was one of the final recommendations from the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Healthcare System Initiative, or MAPS for short. So, without question, we are taking action to strengthen primary healthcare on multiple fronts. These actions are critical to retaining and supporting our current workforce and also to making Alberta's healthcare system attractive and viable for healthcare providers. Alberta's government will not waver in our commitment to stabilize, strengthen, and improve primary health care across the province so every single Albertan can access care when and where they need it. The stabilization funding that is coming is another step towards achieving this goal. 
we will continue working closely with our partners to make this happen. And again, I am very thankful to Dr. Paul Parks, uh, the president of the AMA, who is willing to collaborate so uh, collegially on this. And so to Dr. Parks, I will now turn it over to you to say a few words. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everyone. Sorry, I'm not as, I don't have a printout here. I've been working in the Emerge and just came up for this. So good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm very pleased to be here to acknowledge a very significant investment and a down payment to save family and rural general uh, physicians across the province. I want to thank Minister Lagrange and Premier Smith uh, for recognizing this and, and giving me the opportunity to speak here. Um, you know, we, the minister and I have had many conversations and have been discussing this, and we've been uh, working collaboratively and trying to get this moving forward in an urgent manner. And like the MA, I know she's committed to fixing the wrong that's what's wrong in healthcare and in Alberta. And this is just the beginning. This is just the start. This is going to be the stabilization step. Today's announcement is an essential first step, and the minister has assured me that there will be more to come. Today's funding is an unprecedented infusion of financial support for the clinics and practices where most Albertans obtain the health care in both urban and rural settings. It is consistent with recommendations of Alberta doctors for a three-phase approach. Step one, immediate funding, as announced today, designed to stabilize family physicians and rural general practices, while the following steps are also achieved. Step two, we need to provide further stabilization so that family and rural generalist physicians who are providing comprehensive, lifelong care for patients today can afford to keep doing it into the future. This phase is a bridge to gap to the, a bridge through the gap until we can move on to a new funding model that will actually incentivize longitudinal, comprehensive, cradle-to-grave type family medicine that Albertans know and deserve. Step three, as quickly as possible, implement a physician comprehensive care model to provide an option for physicians to move away from the older fee-for-service models. This model recognizes the unique requirements on physicians when they provide comprehensive care for patients. This includes actual visits and patient care time, plus all the hours of work that is spent on behalf of the patients when the patient's not there in the room with the physician. Finally, it recognizes the administrative and management requirements that a doctor has to take on when they're responsible for a large group of patients. Uh, in other words, a panel, that's, that's what we describe that, um, but it, it's actually having patients that are connected to that physician. This is a wonderful way to end our discussions in 2023. I, I look forward to working with the minister and her team to move forward in 2024, to retain the physicians that we have and to recruit new talent into this province and to ensure that comprehensive, lifelong care is available for Albertans when they need it. Family and rural generalist physicians are the foundation of primary care. It's time we invest in the full potential of comprehensive care and all that we know from around the world about what it can accomplish to help Albertans stay healthy, to stay well, and to stay out of the hospitals. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll now go into the media Q&A portion of this announcement. We'll start off here in person. We'll go with one question, one follow-up. Please make your way to the mic and state your name and outlet before asking your question. 
Go ahead, Alana. Hi there, Alana Smith with the Globe and Mail. So we published a story this morning after obtaining documents that show the Alberta government directed AHS to remove mention of COVID and influenza in advertisements for this season's immunization campaign, in addition to limit information about the new COVID vaccine and its benefits from some communication materials. Currently, Alberta has a very, very low vax rate compared to previous years, and there's also hospitals that are overflowing with patients. Knowing this, Premier Smith, do you stand by your government's approach to the immunization campaign? Well, first of all, I'll say that we have the essentially the same vaccination rate as the rest of the country. Their national average is 14.6%. Ours is 14.3%. And based on that, Alberta has a higher vaccination rate than New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Ontario. So just wanted to correct your information there. What I would say is uh, when we uh, came through the respiratory virus season last year, we saw that COVID, influenza, RSV, adenovirus, rhinovirus, various other viruses uh, surge and ebb through the course of uh, respiratory virus season. So this respiratory virus season, we want to make sure people knew that they should be going and looking at for immunizations. There's vaccines for all three, uh, RSV, COVID, and influenza. It was uh, in our press release that we mentioned that people should talk to their family doctor about it. And it it seems to, and we're also uh, spending almost the same amount of money this year on the campaign as we did last year. Sure. So we spoke to public health experts for this story who said successful immunization campaigns make clear recommendations on whether or not to get a vaccine. The more information, the better. The more specific the information, the better. They also spoke about the importance of government officials ideally conveying a consistent, strong message in favor of vaccination. The vaccines, which are backed by science, should be recommended unequivocally. So what evidence did the government have that suggested your approach would be effective or was the point to not be effective? So our press release says eligible Albertans are able to book their appointment for influenza and COVID-19 vaccines at an AHS clinic or pharmacy by directly contacting so uh, by directly contacting community health clinics. Please speak to your primary care provider for guidance on immunizations and which options are best for you and your family. Uh, We have Adriana LaGrange quoted saying, keeping up to date on your immunizations is an excellent way to protect yourself against the coming respiratory illness season. Doing so, uh, doing what you can to prevent severe illness will also help you secure our healthcare system for those who need it most. Dr. Mark Joffe is quoted saying, being immunized for influenza and COVID-19 can help protect you and your loved ones, particularly those most at risk for severe disease. Taking steps to prevent viral infections will also improve an individual's overall health. I think that the message was pretty clear. I think that that's the people press should release, be, though. Sorry. But that's the messaging of our government. Campaign. That's our messaging of our government. Uh, I'm we, asking about the advertising campaign specifically aver- that has and immunizations have, and not COVID-19 yeah, or influenza. because there's, there's multiple immunizations that people need to get in respiratory virus season. But was there Thank evidence you. that suggests that was the wording you should use for this campaign? Uh, look, there's there's multiple, and people need to understand that. Uh, all of these viruses uh, put people at risk. And so people need to talk to their doctor about what vaccinations they need and how to best uh, protect themselves. That was the message in the campaign. Uh, that is the message in the advertising. That was our message as a government. And we've been spending the same amount of money as previous years in advertising that message. But do you have a mandate not to mention COVID in any of your messaging? It's, it's right in, it's right in our, our press release. We, we have to mention all immunizations. I mean, look, we've got mumps that has uh, reemerged. We've got measles that has reemerged. Uh, people need to make sure that their vaccinations are up to date and they need to talk to their family doctor about it. Jamie Dahl from Global News. Hi. Hey. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Parks, can you explain a little more about um, who's going to get this funding uh, and how does that break down? And is this enough uh, f- to tackle the enormous mountain that some of these physicians are facing daily and how is it going to be distributed? Uh, Thanks. Uh, So 
A couple pieces. I think it's fair to say that this has been building probably for five or 10 years. And so there is a significant investment that's going to be needed uh, for our family physicians and our rural generalists. So this is a first step. This is a stabilization. So the key part is discussed with the minister that time's of the essence, that in order to stabilize and keep the practices we have open right now that are running and serving Albertans, we need to get that money out to them so we can deal with the inflationary challenges, uh, deal with some of the issues that have happened in the past that have made comprehensive uh, care not viable. So first step is stabilization. I think $200 million, getting it to physicians, family physicians with a panel that do comprehensive care. And when we say comprehensive care, so Albertans understand that, that's what you would think of normally in a family physician that knows you and your family throughout a long period of your of your lifespan we we need to incent that so this is just to stabilize the next piece is to work really collaboratively and quickly and again times of the essence that it's urgent that we get this right that we move towards transitioning to a new funding model so i think 200 million dollars is an excellent first step and the the key feedback i've had from my colleagues and family physicians out there that are really truly struggling is they need this money as quick as we can get to them get it to them in stabilization and then this evolution to the new model uh, is critical. We get that done quickly. So it's like to keep the lights on or? Correct. Like to put it in the, the, tr- the way that things have changed in the last three, four years in some practices around how the comprehensive bill, like some of the fee for service codes that changed two, three years ago made it so it's, it's very difficult to actually keep your lights on, keep your offices, pay your staff. Family physicians are small business business owners and the way inflationary pressures have gone up and the way the billing system hasn't kept up and got changed three, four years ago has made it so many, many of my colleagues out there are actually trying to decide, do they keep doing comprehensive care and re-sign that lease and still keep doing the care that I know the Premier and the Minister want our, our primary care family specialists to be doing? And that's the decisions they're faced with right now. So this is stabilization money to keep those practices going. And then the transition is so we can go to a new model so that we can then get the Alberta advantage back again, that we can recruit, we can have new learners want to stay here, study here, and then put their plant their roots and stay in Alberta. Those are the things we need to evolve to. And again, I'll just stress, we need to do it urgently. But do you have a list and, of who gets it? Uh, so that's the, those specific details right now around, yes, so we've provided to the minister what we would suggest and, and to the premier what we would suggest as who, who would qualify for that. And right now it would be uh, physicians that have a panel of a certain size. They, what we need to do now in the next couple of weeks is work with the minister to say, do we agree to that? And can we get that out? And my hope is to get it out like as quick as we can uh, in the new year. So, so yes, we have criteria. It just, uh, we have to confirm and, and, and just narrow that down and work through those details. Hey, I just got to adjust this a bit. Uh, hey, it's Aaron Collins with CBC National News. Uh, I want to turn back to the flu question just briefly, and this is a question for the Premier and for Dr. Parks. Um, you know, moving away a little bit from the campaign, but the fact is that Alberta has its lowest flu vaccination numbers this year in over a decade. And I'm curious, um, you know, what you think the reason behind that is, and if you think it's a problem, is it concerning? Uh, so I'll start by saying it's absolutely a problem and a concern. So I'm I'm a physician. I, I, I vaccines work. They really truly work. I I want to put this in perspective out there that what we need is more Albertans being vaccinated because it works and it helps to protect those people, but it helps to protect the system. I'll give some examples. We're seeing 
two-year-olds out there now that are getting influenza and having encephalitis, which is an infection of the brain that may actually be life-threatening. And if they survive, they may never be normal again. We're seeing adults that are going to have need, maybe need heart transplants from influenza because they've done so much damage to their heart. I, I, I want to just say, I, I'm not a politician, I'm a physician. So if Albertans can get their vaccine, there's two pieces. It'll protect them. But our system right now, our hospitals are overflowing with sick people with all respiratory viruses, but influenza is one of the highest right now. So I just want to use this opportunity to urge Albertans and all Canadians. I don't want to debate which province has better inf uh, influenza or immunization rates. I would just love to urge everybody to go out there. And I'll just say, I got it. My family got it. It's protecting you, but it's also protecting other people that are going to get sick and protecting our healthcare system so we can take care of people. So I, I just strongly urge and use this opportunity that we just need more vaccination for sure. I'm not a doctor, so as I've said, everybody should talk to their family doctor about the choice that's right for them. Yeah, just curious, what the, the initial part of the question was, what do you think the, is causing that downturn? I mean, what, why do you think people are more skeptical now than they have been in a decade? I don't know. Okay, so I guess I'll take my follow-up then. I mean, is, what can you do? I mean, Dr. Parks is obviously advocating there, but what can, what can you do if it is a problem for our system to try to turn that trend around if it's a problem he is a doctor. Well, a let me put it to, to uh, Adriana. <laughs> uh, well, we have a campaign going uh, right now. We're spending over half a million dollars to, to get it out to, to every Albertan in the province to, to look at uh, the immunization that's available to them, to, to have that discussion with their primary care providers. Uh, one of the reasons for this very announcement is the fact that we have roughly about 700,000 people in the province that do not have a primary care provider. So that makes that conversation about immunization and about other health uh, issues that they may be facing a difficult conversation. So we need to get health providers, um, uh, you know, stabilize the primary care doctors uh, first and foremost, uh, also increase the number of primary care providers we have across the province and continue to make use of all of the programs that we have available, including that campaign that we have going. It's um, it's in print, it's in media. Uh, yeah, but it's not media. working. It's not working. Well, so and, and we'll, we'll have to look at that, but it's not working just in Alberta. It's working right not working across the country because I think there is a, a bit of uh, fatigue around the issue and we have to counteract that. And I know that um, also the fact that we continue to have the programs within our school systems that are available, all of these, it's going to have to be a multi-pronged approach until people feel comfortable once again to um, to to go to their provider and, and get that uh, immunization that's so required. But again, you're hearing firsthand from a doctor who's seeing it uh, live in his hospital what the results are. So, of course, we're going to do everything possible that we can. Thank you. And Tim? Yeah, Tim Brooks, CTV. Uh, further to that, for the Premier, uh, there's an argument to be made here that public officials should be, should be setting an example, right? So when it comes to these low immunization rates, do you think it's your duty to maybe set an example, maybe disclose your vaccination status and really encourage Albertans to, to really bump up that rate? No, I think that a private medical decisions should be kept private. And I think this is the reason why we have doctors who are giving the advice. You heard Dr. Paul Park's advice, and it's why we're doing a, an advertising campaign. So I, th I think that we're doing exactly what we've done in previous years, and we're going to continue doing that. So your advice from, from I, I think, September 
has been, it's a personal conversation you have with your family doctor. We're here today talking about how 700,000 plus Albertans don't have that family doctor. So who should those people consult with uh, when, when deciding whether to get that vaccine? I, I think Dr. Paul Parks made some, uh, some, some good comments. We have information on our website. Uh, there are public health officials who are making public commentary. There's walking clinics. Uh, I, I think that there's lots of avenues for people to be able to get good medical advice. I don't think they go to politicians to get medical advice, and I'm certainly not going to give it. Thanks, Tim. And we're just going to go to the phones here for our next question. We have time for maybe one more question or maybe two. And operator, could you put through our first caller here, please? Emmanuel Prince, Radio Canada. Hello. Thanks for taking my question uh, from Minister Lagrange. So the Globe reported this morning that your ministry directed AHS removed the words influenza and COVID from the fall vaccination uh, advertising campaign and removing the government's logo. Uh, is this true that your ministry did that? Yes or no? Uh, what uh, was uh, actually uh, happening is that we have gone from a pandemic state to an endemic state. And where, um, when you're in an endemic state, then all of the respiratory virus uh, viruses that are out there are treated um, in the same manner. And so the language and, and the documentation and the communication has to be in alignment. Uh, we've done the same with our, our, um, our website to make sure that we are covering all of the respiratory viruses that are out there. The Premier spoke to this uh, quite uh, well just a few moments ago when the same question was asked. Uh, that, uh, in fact, there are many viruses, uh, influenza. Dr. Parks just shared the stories of influenza that are occurring. We, we're seeing a huge spike in influenza right now, RSV and many other uh, viruses, including COVID. Um, and follow-up for uh, the Premier. So the Globe story this morning reported about email requests sent by the Health Ministry to AHS to remove specific words from a public health campaign. Is that the uh, type of, I would say, micromanaging that we should expect from now on with your AHS reform by bringing, uh, by dismantling and refocusing healthcare? Well, as you've seen with the approach that we're taking, there are a lot of functions that we're moving back into the department. Uh, there's a, Alberta Health Services needs to be refocused on being a service delivery provider of our acute care facilities. Uh, one of uh, right, right now several. And so you're going to see a, a lot more of these roles uh, back into the ministry. In point of fact, Dr. Mark Joffe, our public health uh, official, he reports directly to Adriana Lagrange, the chief medical officer of health, is not an AHS staff member, they're an Alberta health member. So yeah, she would be quite involved in, uh, in, in making sure that our, our public statements are accurate and that they're in alignment in making sure that people are getting the best information. The best information now is that there are multitude of respiratory viruses that are of concern. We, it's the reason why we updated our dashboard to say respiratory viruses and give the, uh, the information on influenza, COVID, and RSV. If other viruses emerge that are uh, equally problematic, causing hospitalization and ICU and death, then we will add them to the respiratory virus dashboard as well. And, we'll inc and as immunizations become available for all types of, of respiratory viruses, we will continue making sure that people are aware of that. So that's the, the approach that we're taking. It's, it's, it's just making sure that, that, we're, that people understand that, that all of these, um, that when you get into respiratory viruses and all of these uh, viruses are, are risking. 
Thank you, Premier. And we have time for one last question. We'll just come back to the mic in the room here. Good afternoon, Premier Smith. Jen Hodson for the Western Standard. Yesterday, you mentioned to my colleague, Nigel Hannaford, that your government is taking a second step at healthcare reforms. Is this joint initiative that you're discussing today going to produce any tangible changes in terms of outcome? Uh, absolutely. It has to. That's what Albertans want. So the first step that we did was putting in an official administrator and asking for the official administrator to uh, direct on several different outcomes, including surgical wait times, the flow going through our hospitals, and ambulance response times. And we started making some good progress, but but not enough. This, the second phase is working towards decentralization. And that's part of the reason why we have uh, identified four target areas that the ministry is going to focus on, acute care, primary care, continuing care, and mental health and addiction. So you'll, you'll see with that focused effort, um, a lot more uh, objectives being being set, and we're we're going to to be making progress. I I would hope that by the time we get into the next election, every single Albertan has a, a family practitioner. That we have eliminated the surgical wait time, so that people are not waiting any longer than uh, medically recommended, and that we uh, do not have ambulances waiting for hours to drop off patients, and that we have a, a flow of patients going through uh, the emergency room, as well as having our long-term care patients in an appropriate facility rather than languishing in a hospital bed. So we are very clear on the five objectives that we want to see. Uh, we have measurables of where we are today, so it's all benchmarked, and so we'll be able to to to, uh, to gauge and share our performance. But I would fully expect that with this new approach that we're taking, we're going to make considerable progress on all of those. Thank you. And on another note... What do you make of the state of affairs in Ottawa right now when we've got one of the top leaders of Hamas praising Prime Minister Trudeau? Hmm. Sorry, I didn't see that that story. But I I would say that um, Hamas is a terrorist group and that uh, the the attack on on Israel is something that has caused uh, grave hardship not only to those in that country but also the diaspora that's here. And we stand with our, our friends in the Jewish community in wanting to make sure all the hostages are returned and the situation's resolved. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And that'll conclude today's press conference. Thank you everyone for joining us.